Hello, it's Shelley F. Knight, bringing you Positive Changes, a self-kick podcast. So today on the show, we've got Martin Hewlett, and he's a hypnotherapist, paramedic, seventh degree master in Taekwondo, a powerlifter, and also founder of his own podcast, Calming Anxiety. So welcome to Martin. Thank you very much, Shelley. Uh, thank you for having me on your podcast. You're most welcome. So please do share with us, what is your one inspiring story of positive change? Oh, how long have you got? Um, <laughs> I think for me my life changed about five years ago after um a very major mental breakdown um after childhood trauma ptsd and i had the most a amazing help from the ambulance service trust and then i was put in touch with a woman who does a system called rewind therapy which they've developed for the military for ptsd and I remember walking out from my first session and suddenly stopping in the car park and realizing that the almost vitriol of abuse and Tourette's of my own dialogue in my head had just vanished. Wow. And that changed my entire life, obviously, and set me on this path of wanting to give that back. Um, yeah, one of those moments. So you said the ambulance staff were just amazing. Yeah. Did this lead to you being a paramedic or were you one anyway? No, I'd be, I've been a paramedic for almost 20 years. Um, and I love it. It absolutely defines me. I, um, I, I every day, I, I'm one of the unique ones that loves putting the uniform on and turning up for work. I cannot see a negative about my job at all. Um, but it was the, it was my line managers and the ethos of senior management, which a lot of people never see, and their care and compassion to make me better and get me back to work. Amazing. Saved my life and my career. That's really wonderful because mm. my background's nursing yeah. and we don't have that. Well, I certainly haven't had that. And I remember the day that my beautiful stepfather died. I was on duty on the ward at the time when I got the call and obviously was allowed to go home and that. But then later that night, I thought there's calling to ask how I was. And they was asking, when are you coming back to work? So, you know, um, I didn't really have that care. <laughs> how long ago was that? That was 2005. Right. Um, I'd, I'd say the ambulance service was like that at those times. But over the last definitely five years, slightly more, um, they've changed so much so that um, two and a half years ago, I took a phone call whilst I was on a job um, and it was my brother. He was critically ill. I was allowed to leave the job, go to my mum's. And by the time I got there, my brother had passed away. I phoned work and that was it. They said, right, go home. Two weeks. Sort yourself out. Oh, wow. We, yeah. The, the Southwest Ambulance, I could not fault them. I know people do, but um, I, I can't. They, they are so compassionate and caring for their staff, and it's wonderful to see. That's amazing. So you've had 
obviously a lot going on. You had this childhood trauma mm. and this amazing ambulance person always think that people step into our path when we need the most. And then you yeah. discover this rewind therapy. Yeah. So tell us about that. Um, it puts your fractured past in perspective. It puts the pieces in the right order. Um, so lots of people who may have suffered from childhood trauma, when they're emotionally stressed later on in life, they react as that child. And I'd always seen it happen. Um, so under stress, especially emotional stress, I would react like a four-year-old. And then the next day, I would completely have forgotten that incident, which was another side product of um, what's called dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. You have emotional um, amnesia. Uh, the rewind therapy... I ended up having six more because I liked it so much. Um, it just makes you replay in a very safe way in your mind these past events and you watch them forward, then you rewind them as if you're watching on a movie. And that's a very simplified way of talking about it. But it works. Um, and that then set me on my new path. Uh, I decided I need to learn this. So I went off and qualified as a clinical hypnotherapist going to ask is that where it came out because of my background's nursing but then I left mm. that and did clinical hypnotherapy yeah. and then I went into regression therapy and as you was talking about rewind therapy I thought hang on this sounds very much like what we call parts therapy where you're bringing the parts back together is it like that it's very similar um right. it's it's you know obviously as therapists um we do parts and it's so powerful although the, it took me a year to get my head around it thinking really because <laughs> um, I, I like to have a heavy dose of cynicism about everything so I question <laughs> what I do um, but yes it is like parts it's like regression um, and then it's putting coping to mastery and regression together but in a very specific way um, and I use that all the time on practically every client I see I love that and it's it just you you see it um, you know, we can't talk about specifics, but when you see a client come back round after you've given them their therapy and you see the real them emerge, it, it's just life-changing, isn't it? It's yeah. why we do what we do. I think they get like, there's a light that comes back to their eyes. Yeah. And I yeah. love that. And it's the confidence, which depends what you're working on, what they've dissociated from in life. Yes. Or what, you know, what blocks there are. But I do think sometimes they just seem a little bit taller. The eyes seem lighter. And it's just like they can take on yeah. the world. And I love that. Yeah. Um, I wish there was more of it. Well, I don't. Then we wouldn't make quite a living out of it. Um, <laughs> but I'm hoping to now do this for Southwest Ambulance. Uh, that's my goal so that I can go back into the staying well service and give back there. Yeah, and I think we're becoming more open to that. I mean, the big thing now coming in is about the social prescribing, where it's not so much about the medication, it's like the other therapies, the alternate therapies, yeah. the socialising, the communication, the connection. So yes. I certainly think it's a great time to try it. Oh, I'm, it's nice to see a lot of the local GPs are getting on board with it. In fact, it was my own GP who wanted to give me his book on uh, clinical and dental hypnotherapy. Um, 
And even one really great example, we have a A&E consultant at my local hospital, and he will reduce a shoulder dislocation with hypnotherapy. Oh, wow. And, and watching that happen is mind blowing. It, it impresses everyone. See, I love that. Yeah. Um, I love doing it for pain. Uh, when you know, I have um, a close friend, he's ex-military, he's 61. He pushes me to all these new challenges. But many years ago, in his younger years in the army, he was shot in the lower leg. And he's always got pain there. You know, it, was, it happens when you shatter your tib and fib. Um, and he's had this pain in his leg all the time. And I did this five minutes. It's very quick technique. I don't want to name it. Um, and he, he's absolutely blown away. He was, like, he was walking around. He was stamping his leg. And he goes, well, blow me. The pain's <laughs> gone. Um, so it's just, you know, we should teach this at schools. We should teach mindfulness and meditation. Yeah, rather than all the sort of like, you know, the status and the business, yeah. you know, it is sort of like your resilience. Yes. Getting those tools in your, you know, your toolkit for life and things like that. Yeah. It, it, it would, I mean, I, I'm really blessed. I'm living my life again. I have a six and eight year old uh, step kids. And to do mindfulness with them, it, it's just wonderful. I get to nurture these two little uh, cherubs at times <laughs> although on this lockdown um that mindfulness is coming in handy yes for yourself <laughs> yeah for myself yes bless them so what's your drive i mean obviously you've been through things and you've seen what tools work and you come through it so mm. what drives you every single day um the fact that i'm now after 50 years of being shackled to a past that I didn't ask for. I'm now free. So every morning is a real blessing. I mean, if I, not to offend anyone, if I was into religion, I would be one of those real born again Christian types. Yeah. But I've seen the light and that's why I like going out to mental health patients and saying, look, I was there. I'm proof that you can change. Um, and I, I really am driven by trying to help as many people as possible now it's my core driver and value that's brilliant and i think you know obviously i did nursing mm. and i did it as a mature student as well so i'd had a few life lessons but lots yeah. happened after that and i think you just get better sometimes because you get you learn so much from a textbook and you've got a passion that takes you really far but it is like you know when people die in your own family or you have mm -hmm. your own types of losses that might not be a death as such it just puts you in a different place doesn't it to help others yeah it does i think <clears throat> when you've been low and then you come back out you just realize what a gift your life is that some of these problems aren't really that big and you shouldn't focus on them and you should focus on those small miracles that are around us every day uh, and take comfort from that yeah that's what i try to pass on no, that's really valid. So what does make you happy each and every day? What chocolate, kind of thing? Chocolate. chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, I thought it was going to be like really profound, like Mother Nature. Chocolate, <laughs> Shelley, mostly. Chocolate. Yeah, just chocolate. Um, no. Um, I, you know, one thing that gets everyone that surrounds me, clouds. I love clouds. Right? Oh, yeah. And that's, 
you know, every day it's different. There's so much beauty in the different colours. And maybe it's because I've got a psychedelic colour blindness that I just see so much. And I just, I will not spend a moment trying to be negative in my life. Um, it's such a wasted emotion. Um, we're not perfect. Me and Minnie Roundabouts and people don't know how to indicate. You know, <laughs> we all have our faults. But if I stop and look at a cloud and think, wow, that's a beautiful shape. The colours, the hues, it just gets me. You know, everything. Um, I just, and I was never like this before. But um, the real me's been set free and I refuse to go back there. Um, I just love it. Um, yeah. Too positive. I think it's just fabulous. I think, you know, try and encourage our children to find, you know, the extraordinary and the ordinary. And we do do cloud watching. We do make the daisy chains and yeah. go for the walks. And it's just, you know, we've been telling stories rather than just reading stories. We've been doing it. So one person starts it and then someone else does the next bit. And it's hilarious. And the most far-fetched thing. Oh. And I even today, we're still missing a green chicken that the pirates stole last Tuesday, you know, oh, and, fantastic. you know, but it is just finding the extraordinary or making your life feel extraordinary from the joy. You know, you can look at the clouds because you have vision, you're breathing, you're alive, you're outdoors, you know, and, you know, yeah. it, it's my background, as I said, was nursing. I worked with the dying, not because mm. I was a crap nurse, Martin, I, that, <laughs> do you know what I mean? <laughs> they were dying. That was the line of work I did. Um, yeah. And you just learn from them like you know it's never yes. the big things no one ever said oh Shelley could you get me Mercedes Benz could you get me that designer watch it's always like you know can you get my dog that person upset in 1973 tell them so you know so and so I love them yes and it is about that you know when you do their final wishes it's like can you wheel me outside so I can you know watch the clouds feel the breeze and you know they are the major yeah. things really when you look back they, they are when when you know in your line of work and mine, uh, when you've seen people at the end of their life, it makes you appreciate just how lucky we are, A, to live in this country at this time of history. Regardless of the pandemic, we are so lucky to have this healthcare system, a roof over our heads, social welfare. Um, many years ago, I worked in North Africa for a short while, and I think that was pivotal as well. I saw real... Um, neglect and poverty on a scale that people in this country could never imagine um in fact on my last day i just gave all my profits to one family because i just couldn't bear coming home knowing that they were out there living in a sewer and i was in the uk with everything yeah. you know we we live like millionaires over here compared to everywhere else on the planet we do. And I think we lose sight of that as well. Like, you know, we'd be here wishing for, you know, a bigger car, better job. But, you know, what we're living now is probably what we wish for in the past. And at some point, yeah. you've got to be satisfied with what you've got. Yes. I mean, my newest car is 17 years old and, uh, and the other one's 30. But, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> but, but she is lovely. She's, um, she's my pet project. But it just does the job, doesn't it? It does. It does. And then I love working on the old car with my little eight-year-old stepson, Henry. Um, it's great to pass on knowledge. You know, this is our home learning, um, teaching him and Emily mechanics and, um, and then where they like to be tickled the most. Yeah, it's all about balance, I tell you. <laughs> it is balance. 
You see, we, I don't tell them off if they've been naughty. It's 10 seconds of tickling. And that kind of gets it out of them. It certainly stops the tantrums in the little Emily. Well, we, this morning here in the night household, um, our youngest son wouldn't brush his teeth. And my husband was like, that's fine, but could you sing a song about it? Otherwise, you're going to have to. <laughs> <laughs> and stood there, you know, and the creative process was blocked, and I was, it was just like, go on, yeah. sing, sing why you don't want to sing your teeth. Well, don't want to sing your teeth, seriously, they need dental work. He said, sing why oh. you don't want to brush your teeth. And he just started laughing, and he just did his teeth. Yeah, that's it. You know, it, it's our job, I think, as parents to um, lighten their load. They don't know how to react. Um, and I always think if I can put them to bed smiling and giggling, that's a job well done for the day. Yeah, it is that. I always mm. say, because, you know, with ourselves, we always give ourselves quite a firm talking to. But with my children, I always try and listen to the little things. Because I think, well, if I don't listen to the little things when yeah. they're little, they won't tell me the big things when they're big. Yeah. So I do teach them and treat them very differently than I treat myself. Because like myself, I'm like, come on, woman, <laughs> five, four, three, two, one, do it. Where of them yeah. are like, you know, it's no hurry, take your time. I, I encourage them to debate and question what we say and I did that with my two boys many years back and I'll always remember my eldest son when he was five he came back with a counter argument he said well daddy how about we do it this way and I stopped and I thought actually he's right I've been beaten by a five-year-old and and now they're fully grown and their sarcasm is on point I couldn't be prouder See, our eldest son, he's got autism and he, I think everyone we meet, you know, they teach us something we don't know, mm. but he just sees the world in a brilliant way. It's very good time management. He just says it as it is. There's no beating around the bush, no walking on eggshells. He's like, well, actually you're wrong because, <laughs> and it's just brilliant because there's no, well, actually I think it's black and white. There is no gray and he yeah. just tells it. And every day is a school day. That's fantastic. Yeah. He's How old brilliant. is he? 13. Oh, bless. Yeah, going on 40. Yes, yeah. <laughs> so aside Hopefully. from children, yeah. mm. um, how else do you get through your day? Is there a tool or technique that you use? Um, well, now, yeah, yeah you, your listeners won't like it. It's, um, I've recently discovered cold showers, ice cold showers. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I got into that from listening to Chris Evans, um, and there's a lot of science behind it. And it's something you actually, you do get used to and then you crave and it really starts the day off. Then there's the jog, march, almost crawl home. Um, got to stay fit. Um, and, and that's it. And then meditation and writing podcasts uh, like yourself. It, it's just, I don't know, I spend it thinking about how I can improve what I'm doing and what can I give to other people. That's that is the core moment. So I'm still trying to process the cold showers, but there is, I can't think what it's called. It's something like called Boreas or something. And it's ice baths and it's to do with your mindset. Yeah. I mean, ice baths. I watched Eddie Izzard do those when he did all of those marathons. Yeah. Um, but the, 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 the basic science is all the blood goes from your peripherals into your core and your brain. And it just really fires off the body for the start of the day. Um, and, and you get out and it's like you're just sparkling all over. You, you are so focused. Um, yeah, it's so ice cold showers. I get in them warm 
I'm, I'm not some sort of masochist. Um, and then I gently turn it down. And I thought I was doing really well for the first couple of weeks until I realised I got one of those electric eco showers. And then I turned it on the economy setting. And that's when the ice cold bit came through and told me I wasn't quite as brave as I thought I was. <laughs> <laughs> that was really cold. <laughs> so um, do, you, do you have to have a cold shower for a certain length of time? Or can you just do like, you know, nanosecond? Because, you know, it's a gesture of cold shower. <laughs> You could you just put your head under it first for like 10 seconds and it and then it's about controlling your breathing and breathing's the important bit because when you do meditation it's all about breathing and when you go under that cold shower it's like jumping into a cold swimming pool you get that rush where you can't breathe and it's that base mammalian reflex and when you can control that then you you can stay under it and you just feel so focused and so positive for the rest of the day that I mean the science is there and, and there are plenty of books out there and and genuine gurus who know all about the benefits of it um yeah I, I'm a big advocate of it now I wasn't before trust me and until you've done it for a week you'll think no this is madness yeah and then the other benefit is when you forget to turn it back up you're helping your <laughs> other half I could see where that was going, yeah. I'm thinking, actually, hold on a minute. Yeah, yeah. And you know that, and the whole family know that as well, because you hear the shrieks. <laughs> so it's kind of reconnecting the family as a whole, which is beautiful, oh, isn't it? It is beautiful, yes, from my perspective. <laughs> I still prefer the first tip of chocolate, if I'm honest. Yeah, no, so do I. <laughs> so you've gone through so many positive changes, apart from the cold shower, I'll be honest. Mm. Can you tell people why you think it is so important to have that leap of faith to make a positive change? I knew I wasn't right. Um, I know I've always struggled socially. Um, I mean, everyone at work and in my social life <laughs> knew that if someone was going to say something inappropriate or just without any filter, it would be me. And that would always upset me and I couldn't stop it. And I wouldn't know why. And I would almost, it's almost like Tourette's. And so I, I was reaching out and pleading for help, but I didn't know how. And luckily it was my area manager. She, she took me off the road one day and said, I think you're having a breakdown. And I thought, right, I've got, this is my one chance. I thought I was going mad. Um, and that is the difference. Cause I, I have a, an old friend with a similar upbringing and he's had the same therapy but he's always refused to admit he was wrong so he's never changed and he and we still everyone sees it he's still tied by these reactions to the anchors in his past and i always say to everyone if you want to change you have to accept that you are the problem you, you've got to engage and you've got to be brutally honest with yourself to change and yeah. i think that's the hardest part and i've seen people in far worse cases do it um on one of my previous podcasts i was talking about a woman i knew who had been a heroin and alcohol addict and then i met her many years later on another job and she was a carer for a family member and i said i'm sure i recognize you and she said no, no, i i used to be this and now 
as we we both know being a heroin addict is and alcoholic is one of the worst places mm. you can be and she just said i woke up one morning and said enough and she took ownership of her addiction and just stopped i mean i want to meet her again i want to hold her up for everyone else to see this woman was at the bottom of society and then just decided no and she changed it and now she looks after other people that's amazing i still get emotional i know i i i was tearful on that job and and i tell all my colleagues and that i think that changed me as well because you know i i still go to alcoholics and drug users and i say look you can make a change right i'm not going to judge you for it i'm addicted to chocolate put my hands up i don't like to be everyone laughs about it but it's not healthy for me um so if they can stop it i should stop it but this woman she was amazing absolutely amazing yeah i've gone quiet and that's a rare yeah, thing isn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> but no because i just because my mum she's a counsellor or she was she's just old now martin but she was a counsellor yeah. and she would say that she used to work with like family therapy and that and people you know something would happen like abuse in the family or something if you had two brothers one would just go like well i'm a drug addict because my father did this and the other one would be an entrepreneur and goes why well, i'm successful because my father did this and it's how you have yes. that calling isn't it when you have that you're searching for something in life and it could be a positive or negative and then that's the path you go down but to have that yeah. absolute clarity just wake up one morning just go like no enough is enough i'm going to step out of my own way forgive myself and give it a yeah. good go it's just amazing isn't it well i think i took that route when i finally left home i thought i'm not going to let my past dictate me now i consciously tried not to but obviously it didn't always work whereas i had an older brother and he let it define him and he i believe he was bitter throughout his entire life he never let it go whereas i just thought okay my my early life hasn't been brilliant but it doesn't have to mean it's got to affect or impact the rest of my life yeah um, and that's great examples exactly like what my mum used to see in her cases that some people yeah. would use it you know as a block and other people would yeah. build the blocks up and use them as stepping stones yeah. almost and that's true yeah because why i said my background was um chemotherapy nursing and then i went working with the dying in my nursing days mm. and i used to see so many people and you're sitting there on a one-to-one -one with chemotherapy it's a captive audience because you can't move away because i've got toxic medicines you have to sit there and listen to me um <laughs> <laughs> but people would start talking and sometimes they're talking for the first time in years and yeah. the amount of times and I spoke about this in episode six of the solo show is called Speak Your Truth. The amount of times I would be nursing people, especially women, where they had repressed emotions from their childhood or repressed mm -hmm. emotions from a bad relationship. And they'd say things with this breast cancer saying like, I'm glad I finally got that off my chest. And I think, oh. you know, when you don't let the emotions come up, yeah. And it does create dis-ease. I know that's really out there, but my episode was called Speak Your Truth and it's my podcast, so I didn't really care. But um, yeah. <laughs> I think there is, you know, when we don't allow ourselves to be, if we don't forgive others, we're not forgiving ourselves. I just think it impacts on our health so much. Totally. 
uh, I'm I'm with you there, and so are most of my friends who do mindfulness and meditation. Um, really? Right. Yes. It it just improves your whole well-being and your soul if you give and if you're kind. I, I don't see many people who live a very long life who are bitter and resentful. You never see, you, you know, when I go out to patients who are in their 90s, they're always so genuinely nice, caring and appreciative. I very rarely meet someone that old who's just horrible. That's really interesting. And you know, I think there's a study there. I'm just going to write that down. I'm just going to write Shelley do a master's PhD. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. Yeah, I I was impressed with your first class degree, by the way. (laughs) Work makes me blush. (laughs) Work have been because obviously paramedics have now gone that route with degrees, Uh, but I'm one of the old dinosaurs, and every year my area trainer who is just a god of paramedics um he says right you're going to start doing um, a module i said why is it really going to help i said i'm writing a book isn't that good enough but it's not but me and academia no that's a no-no uh, I, I claim adhd on that one is that diagnosed right. or you're just claiming it no it's late onset adhd i've made that one up is it? <laughs> There's yeah. not much research behind that. No, it's just the fact that I can't hold my attention for more than 15 minutes. Oh, um, ooh, shiny. What's that? Oh, yeah. Biscuit. Squirrel. Yeah, biscuit. That, yeah. Squirrel. <laughs> yeah, that's me. And um, I also came up with uh, social Tourette's, which is now on my personnel file at work. <laughs> Once again, no scientific backing on that? N- none, apart from the fact I only ever swear in company in front of patients. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's a nerves thing. No, I, no, that's not. No. I, am, I am very confident at what I do. Is it? Yeah. I remember the last, I, I had a day one newly qualified paramedic out with me and a young... 20 year old emergency care assistant and we were we've gone to a cardiac job which i was going to disprove as being cardiac and uh, everything looked like it was just muscular pain in the chest she'd had it for months and the ecg came up on the screen and it was what we call a barn door mi massive heart attack was on this screen and i just came out with holy essing essing at hell <laughs> And, and everyone, the entire family looked at me and I went, yeah, sorry about that. I think you're having a heart attack, love. Um, <laughs> Along with um, yourself, by the sounds of it, Martin. <laughs> no, no, no. I was just like, well, that, that one's one for the um, books because she didn't look like it. The history wasn't there. Um, but then it's beautiful to be part of the NHS when we live in North Devon. So from the moment she phoned, to the moment she's down in South Devon via the air ambulance and having coronary surgery was under an hour. That's oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and Devon's one of the most rural counties with the most dispersed hospitals. And we have two air ambulances. And for that to happen, yeah, you, 
I don't normally feel pride in what I do, but that day you just thought, yeah, that was a good job. We all did well there. And does it have a happy ending? I do love a happy ending. Oh, yeah. Back three days later. She was back home. At you home. were back at yeah, her house. Back home. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I thought back I went, had to go back three days later. It happened again. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, I did have one of my most amazing moments. Um, not that we eat McDonald's a lot, what's on duty. But um, this what's wrong elderly with you? <laughs> I know, I know. Well, they're closed. Um, this elderly chap <laughs> came up to me once at McDonald's, sadly after I just paid. And he, t he tapped me on the shoulder. And he goes, my wife just said, you're the man that saved my life last week. And I sort of, I don't normally get embarrassed or flustered, but I don't like public displays of thanks. I just like what I do. And I went, oh, that's kind. And I remember, yeah, it was a very interesting job. And we got there just in the nick of time. He died, we got him back. Great story, air ambulance, heart surgery. And um, he said, and my wife's just told me, you saved my life three years ago in the doctor's surgery. And I was like, wow, what are the chances of that? And I said, well, third time lucky, mate. Don't do it again. And I thought, I just said that out loud. Damn. <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Social Tourette's. Well, yeah. I remember when I was a, a student nurse and I got a job in, well, you have these placements, don't you? And it was in trauma yeah. and orthopedics and somebody had had an amputation of their leg, but just on one side and was doing like the rehabilitation. And I said, don't you worry, we'll have it back on your own two feet in no time. <laughs> And I was like, oh, sweet baby, Jesus. Do you mean you've got yeah. one job? And I was like, yeah, back on your yeah. feet in no time. And then you've got no, phantom pain. It's not funny, is it? Not funny. No, it's, it's not. And we all do it. But do you do hypnotherapy for phantom pain? No. See, I'm a bit kooky. So I only did clinical hypnotherapy to go into past life regression. You had to okay. have hypnotherapy to go right. back in time. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. So no. I <laughs> I just joke I will, about it. I will actively, even when I'm out shopping, if I see someone with an amputated limb, I will happily go up to them and say, excuse me, don't wish to be rude. Do you still suffer from phantom limb pain? If they say yes, I'll ask them if they want me to get rid of it. And I'll just oh, do wow. it there and then. Yeah. It's one of the most easy techniques going and it's just it just to watch them set themselves free because that pain is absolutely all in their mind isn't it it doesn't yeah. exist yeah so we can get rid of it oh wow no i'm yeah. not as kind as you martin no i just do past life regression okay <laughs> so bless you you'll be working on your book yes because you don't want to do um, a master's or a degree no, so no, you're working no, no. a book how's yeah. that coming along um if it hadn't been for homeschooling and being easily distracted by little children it would have been finished this week but i'm hoping within the next week at the longest um it's only an ebook but it's to go with a guided audio session and it's to teach people meditation mindfulness and then help them cope with the general things of anxiety depression and insomnia and how um, can people get hold of this i know you've got to finish it but <laughs> There's a sign-up form on my website, um, which, if I can, is www.martinhewlett.co.uk, and it's on the podcast page. Your podcast? <laughs> podcast? Ah, oh, well, that's called Calming Anxiety. Um, 
and they're on all of the places spotify itunes well martin we could speak all day yeah. we really could but i just want to thank you so much for sharing your positive change or your tips and pleasure. we know we can find you on your calming anxiety podcast you've got your website twitter and the book is coming out any day now <laughs> yes it is thank bless you. you bless you and thank you for Cheers, being part Shelley. of our show that's been an absolute pleasure thank you so much If you enjoyed today's episode, please make sure you subscribe and leave a positive review. If you would like to create your own positive changes, you can buy Positive Changes, a self-kick book from all online book retailers or from ShellyFKnight.com. If you need a dollop of positivity until the next episode, come like and follow us over on Facebook at ShellyFKnight, life goes on. As always, I've been Shelley F. Knight and you've been amazing.